Hi, everybody, and welcome to Forward Maryland. My name is Bill Woodcock, and today is Sunday, April 28th, 2019. So my topic for today is the Democratic presidential nomination. We're in the end game now. I say this because not only has former Vice President Biden finally uh, decided to throw his hat into the ring, I'm pretty sure he did decide to throw his hat in the ring some time ago and was waiting for the field to gel and solidify and for anybody who was going to emerge to emerge before he decided to announce. But uh, this brings the number of, of uh, frontline candidates to 21, and that's counting people like Mike Gravel, Marianne Williamson, Andrew Yang. Uh, in today's Washington Post, when uh, they, they've listed a poll of uh, presidential candidates and are asking people for their preference, and I believe only about nine of the current candidates have even registered anything above uh, 1% of response. And uh, that includes, there's also people named Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump on that list of Democratic Party, uh, you know, people who Democrats would vote for. Hillary, I get. Uh, the other one, not so much. Uh, at any rate, um, Biden's now in the race. We're at 21 um, you know, who knows who else is going to throw their hat in the ring. I'm, yeah, my, my number also includes uh, Mr. Jessam from uh, Mayor Jessam from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I guess the only other person who's been considered as a possible candidate is Stacey Abrams, the former U.S. Senate candidate from Georgia. Um, not sure what she's doing. Um, is there a lane for her? Yes, I do think there is a lane for her. Uh, and the lane for her is called the Rockstar Lane. Um, that lane was supposed to be occupied by Beto O'Rourke, um, who is in the middle of the pack in this poll, so at least he's polling above a few percent. Um, but also, as an article in today's post points out, he really hasn't been uh, standing out. Uh, and he's actually toned down his uh, style and toned back his answers uh, due to some very early criticism about his his style um, and some of the answers he gave in his first few weeks on the campaign trail. I certainly think that he needed to, you know, watch what he said on a few other on a few things. I mean, saying that, you know, he basically leaves the raising of his children up to his wife was. Not really the smartest thing, um, but I kind of dig the Beto style. Um, you know, I, I think his larger issue is that uh, he campaigns as this kind of rebel, rage against the machine, uh, anarchistic, punky uh, persona. Uh, but in reality, his 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 message, his voting record, have been in actuality quite moderate. Um, and I mean, you can be a punky moderate too. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you say one thing and then your, your record says another, then that creates a disconnect. That creates a little bit of a authenticity problem. And I, I think that's what Beto is going for now. 
So uh, I think that's his problem, and hopefully he can clean that up. But uh, back to Abrams, I think she would be a formidable candidate. Uh, If she could catch some of that mojo that Obama caught in 2008, again, kind of that rock star, kind of semi-celebrity status, um, you know, I I think she could really, um, you know, vault to the top four or five in the field very quickly. And then from there, who knows? Uh, But also the other thing we're seeing is that women are not getting a fair shake in this uh, presidential campaign. They are not getting so much coverage. Uh, The only one who I've seen getting appreciable coverage in recent weeks has been Senator Warren. And I have to think that part of that is that the news media is focusing on what Senator Warren is saying because they're trying to provoke a response from President Trump. Um, Incidentally, I'm going to say this, and I guess I'm kind of free-forming this today because today's topic was the presidential field and, uh, you know, what this, uh, you know, what's going on and what's the state of play right now. But I will say this as I'm talking about Senator Warren. Uh, it doesn't seem that President Trump can't stay away from critiquing this Democratic field. Uh, he's has certainly had many uh, wonderful comments, uh, and by wonderful, I mean stupid, uh, to say about uh, Senator Sanders, about Senator B- Vice President Biden, about Senator Warren, uh, about uh, Congressman O'Rourke, uh, and about a couple of the others. But, um, you know, his his weighing in and critiquing, um, I'm not sure who that's playing to. I believe it's playing to his base. And I get that it's the same tactic he used in the primary race against the Republicans four years ago. Um, He was just uh, the water that wore down the stone. I mean, he nailed somebody with a nickname and it stuck. And all of a sudden they started to sink like a stone in the polls, Um, be it a, you know, be it Jeb Bush, um, be it Marco Rubio, be it Ted Cruz. They all eventually went down one by one. And uh, I guess he's trying to do that already with the Democrats. And and frankly, I think he's only doing it to the Democrats who he thinks, one, has a shot to win the nomination, and two, can beat him um, because, because... he, you know, because I think, for example, I, I think he believes that a Senator Harris or a Senator Klobuchar could win the nomination. Or no, let me back up. I believe he thinks they could beat him. Um, but I don't think he believes either one of them can win the nomination. Uh, that's why he's mainly focused on the other four. And he's actually said decent things about Klobuchar's and Harris's kickoffs. So, um, you know, I guess he's trying to do the same thing and discredit the Democratic field already uh, before, you know, so that he puts the nominee already on a lesser footing. But I'm not sure that he's understanding that he's the one with the approval rating that can't get above 40. Uh, I'm not sure he's understanding that already several of these Democratic candidates beat him and beat him handily in a hypothetical election. 
Um, I don't think he's understanding that the same sort of stuff that he uses to throw out to his right wing base are going to play with um, with independence. Uh, maybe his play, maybe his target is moderate to conservative Democrats because he's thinking that uh, if the person who is nominated is way too liberal, that moderate to conservative Democrats will stay home. Uh, I can only speak for myself, and I can say that this is one moderate Democrat who sure as hell is not staying home. I'm voting for the Democratic nominee no matter who that is, uh, no matter if it's Joe Biden, Bernie, Beto, uh, Kamala, uh, Amy, Elizabeth, Marianne, uh, Kirsten, um, Julian Castro, uh, Andrew Yang, Pete Buttigieg, uh, John Hickenlooper, Jay Inslee, or Partridge in a Pear Tree. Uh, I'm going to vote for whoever that person is. That's just what's going to happen. And I think there are a lot of moderate to conservative Democrats who feel the same way. I, I think that what will be interesting, and I don't see this happening during the primary campaign, but what will be interesting will be how will the Democratic nominee reach out to moderate to, dare I say, socially liberal Republicans? Uh, Because I think there is where the bigger danger lies, because I do believe that there is a minority in the Republican Party who understands, and I call this kind of the Kasich uh, wing of the Republican Party, who understands that this current president is is just a threat and not a threat to the, you know, not a threat to the political norms and all of that other silly marketing stuff. Um, but in reality, a bigger threat, much bigger threat. Uh, he's a threat to uh, the American fabric, to the fabric of America being torn apart, to our losing respect and status, both within these borders and outside of them. Uh, that's what someone like a John Kasich sees. That's what someone like a Mitt Romney sees. That's what someone like a John McCain saw. And, um, you know, um, I think that rank and file everyday Republicans are going to be susceptible to the message of a Democrat, a Democratic nominee who says we need to get things back on a different path. We need to get things back on a better path. So I think that Vice President Biden's entry into this race uh, is, is going to shake things up uh, because now uh, the titular front runner, based on most polls, some still have Bernie Sanders in front, but, but many polls have, have had Biden in front for months. Now he's in the race. Now he's open for... Um, you know, he's open to have his campaign criticized and his qualifications to be president criticized. And it's appropriate to criticize him. It's appropriate to call to question some things that have gone on over his career. I will caution that he has faced these things before and uh, he's been fine. Um, You know, his presence on the ticket in 2008 and 2012 certainly did not help uh, or hurt rather 
President Obama win and then win re-election. And if President Obama was concerned about, uh, for example, uh, Biden's role in the Anita Hill hearings, um, not sure he would have picked him. So, uh, you know, uh, he's he's been uh, accorded the highest civilian honors in the country. And uh, he has served in the U.S. Senate with great distinction. Not perfect. How can you do that for 36 years? Um, but uh, he has he has added a lot more to the American fabric, going back to use that phrase, than uh, he has detracted from it. So, uh, you know, I, I, he's a man of strong character, and uh, he's going to be very formidable in this race. Uh, but it is good that, uh, you know, now that the Super Bowl champ is in the race, everybody's going to give it their best. And that is healthy for the vigorous debate that Democrats need to have in their primary. Uh, so Joe's in the race now. We're in late April. Uh, May will be here soon. And in June, uh, debates start. So uh, for those of you who you know, may be playing along at home, there are apparently going to be debates uh, about once a month starting in June. Uh, there will be, I think, two debates at a time with up to 10 candidates in each one of the debates. Uh, so, uh, you know, 20 candidates, I guess there's at least, you know, there will at least be one who uh, won't be uh, won't be included. Uh, Eric Swalwell or or uh, Seth Moulton ought to watch out. Although I kind of think uh, Gravel is the uh, is going to be the one who's not going to not going to make the cut for the stage. Uh, but um, you know, all twenty of these people, twenty of these candidates will be on the stage at the same time. Uh, yes, in groups of ten, but the same night or maybe a couple nights apart. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they're picked. You know, are they going to have, you know, is it going to go straight by the first 10 in, in terms of polling and then the second 10? Are they going to mix them up? Uh, I hope they do the latter. I hope it, I think it would be great to mix them up. I think it would be great to have an Andrew Yang compare himself to Joe Biden or a Marianne Williamson compare herself to Bernie Sanders. Uh, or something of that nature. I think that would be terrific. But, um, you know, what's going to happen is, is that distinctions are going to be drawn, and there's going to be a debate of ideas, and people are going to rise, people are going to fall. This is going to be the chance for these candidates to make their case. And uh, I think that we will probably see a few candidates drop out before we even make it to Iowa. I wouldn't be surprised if two or three candidates don't even make it to December 31st of this year uh, because of fundraising, because of looking at their path, you know, looking at their viability, um, you know, looking at their polling. You know, that's what I think will happen. But with this larger field, the largest in Democratic history, uh, there's going to be a lot of shaking going on. And the debates are going to define that. Uh, social media is going to help. Um, you know, the media coverage is going to increase. And what I think is also going to uh, help shape it a little bit is what happens with the president. Uh, because he's an egomaniac. He doesn't want to be left out of anything. 
So, of course, he's going to want to uh, comment along. Uh, who knows? I, th- I think it's even possible for him to file as a, as a Democrat in some states. You know, maybe, maybe he'll maybe Donald Trump will try to get on the Democratic debate stage. Wouldn't that be awesome? But uh, but uh, it will be it will be fun. And so if right now in late April, you're thinking this race is going to be between Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, um, maybe Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Not so fast. Uh, There's a whole lot of shaking getting ready to go on. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, we're I think we are we are indeed entering the end game because I think by this summer. And uh, or by the end of this summer, I think we're going to know a lot more about who is truly viable, uh, who is truly a uh, dark horse and, uh, you know, what the uh, what the ideal makeup of the candidate who Democrats will select to defeat Donald Trump will look like. So hope you've enjoyed today's edition of Forward Maryland. My name is Bill Woodcock. Have a great day. Take care.